traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. We are pushing along into the year 2021, and our weekly webinar series continues our industry essentials. If you're not logging in and seeing the webinars that we're hosting every week, be sure to head to thecannabisindustry.org and check out our weekly offerings that you can register for. Most are complimentary, if not exclusive, to NCIA members. But let's jump into today's episode. Today, I'm talking with Kim Stuck of LA Consulting. Kim is the founder and CEO, which is a compliance strategy and services provider serving the hemp and cannabis industries nationwide. Previously, Kim held a pioneering role as the nation's first cannabis and hemp specialist for a major metropolitan public health authority. During her tenure with the city of Denver, home to hundreds of cannabis businesses, she worked as an investigator covering cultivation, manufacturing, and retail. Her company, Alley Consulting, serves the hemp and cannabis industries to ensure regulatory compliance across all operations to develop customized strategies and avoid compliance pitfalls. Wow, our industry sure has a whole bunch of regulation and compliance, doesn't it, Kim? Yeah, yeah, it sure does. Um, so I have my work cut out for me, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's uh, start by just getting to know you a little bit better, more about your background and experience and what you did before bringing your skills here to the cannabis industry. Yeah, so actually uh, what I was doing previous to being in the cannabis industry and what actually got me into the cannabis industry was I was a wholesale food and um, restaurant um, regulator. So I was the health inspector I, for Denver County. Um, and so, you know, I went in and did 
for you know three to four uh, inspections a day at that point. We had, there's a whole lot of restaurants in Denver now. Um, and so, you know, I became a, a certified professional in food safety at that time um, and get, just had a whole bunch of knowledge in microbiology and, and that kind of thing. So it was kind of, a, uh, you know, it was timely and it just kind of happened that cannabis became legal recreationally when I was working for the city. And so they said, hey, somebody's got to regulate cannabis now. So how about you guys? And we were like, OK, we're going to do it. So it was pretty exciting. Awesome. Great. Yeah, you're so right. Denver has a lot of amazing restaurants. I live here in Denver, too, where a lot of the NCIA staff is based as well. And of course, we can't wait to get back to indoor dining, hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully later in the year. I'm thinking about some of my favorite restaurants right now that that I miss very dearly. Um, so, yes, the cannabis industry here, there's there's a lot of well-established brands in in the Denver area, in the state of Colorado, a lot of delicious chocolates and edibles and gummies being produced right here. Uh, So at that point, you started moving into working with these types of companies. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, then I was the designated cannabis health inspector for DDPHE. Um, So I did all the licensing when it all the licensing first came out. It was pretty crazy. I got to meet a whole lot of different amazing people um, in the Denver cannabis industry. And it was just amazing. Um, And then I was their regular health inspector. So I went into these places every at least twice, you know, every six months. So twice a year. Um, And if they didn't do so good, a whole lot more than that. Um, I also did a bunch of recalls um, and investigations and things like that as well um, during that Mm -hmm. time. And I just totally fell in love with the industry. I just loved it so much. I loved the people. um, And I just got really passionate about plant medicine in general during that time and um, decided, you know, I can be better for the industry if I'm working directly for them rather than a regulator and um, made the decision in 2017 to launch my own company and just be there for people who, you know, wanted to work with me. So it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. It was really scary because I was leaving this like cush government job and, you know, my mom was super upset because now she thinks I'm a drug dealer. Oh no. (laughs) She's hilarious. Like she's very conservative. So, you know, she was a little nervous about the whole cannabis thing, but now she's come around and, uh, but you know, it's, it's always scary to start a business, especially in an, in an industry that's so new, but it was a really great move and I'm super happy that I'm here. Great. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it was an easy, easy kind of move for you. They're, they're very similar, even though, even though our industry is a bit more heavily regulated, like plutonium, they say, but (laughs) it sounds like you didn't have sort of that hesitance, like, oh no, maybe your mom had the hesitance, but (laughs) you, you had an interest in, in learning more about the industry and became passionate about it. Yeah, I kind of felt I had that aha moment, you know, when I was working as a regulator of this is where I'm supposed to be. Something is pulling me to this industry. You know, it, like I felt like this is where my soul belongs and these are my people. And I, uh, you know, and so I, when I launched the business, you know, it wasn't difficult for me. It was great. Um, and I got to do, now I get to do, I get to be people's private health inspector <laughs> and private regulator um, that actually gets to tell them how to become compliant rather than just this is the regulation, figure it out. 
you know? You can actually focus on running your business. <laughs> yep, definitely. I can also relate with you about the parents thing. My parents are a little on the conservative side also, and I've been uh, a marijuana activist for like over 15 years at this point. <laughs> and I think I'm getting them to the point where they might try a CBD gummy one day, but they're very slow to warm. We'll see. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's exactly what I'm dealing with, but you know, but she's proud of me and it's not like, you know, she hates it, but she was right. just very, you know, they're, you know, they're your parents. They're going to be concerned no matter what, but, um, sure. but I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> sure. I mean, well, our industry is here to stay at this point. Um, and, you know, one thing I think about is all the members of Congress who who support our industry, who have been co-sponsoring legislation all these years and how every year that goes by, we get more and more members of Congress that support what we're doing, which just kind of makes it feel a little bit more more real um, as, as the work we're doing gets realized all the way up to the halls of Congress. Um, but let's fast forward to today and your company, Ally Consulting, and you know, you're working with cannabis companies across the country at this point. Tell me more about uh, what's what's up with you and your company this year, especially during COVID. Well, so we did have to switch to virtual. Um, so now we do virtual audits, at least until COVID is ready, because we certainly wouldn't want to go in and make people uncomfortable or you know, cross-contaminate anybody. Um, so, you know, it, it was a big shift. Um, we were already a completely um, mobile company. So all of my consultants work from home. Um, they, you know, they're on the road all the time. So it doesn't really matter if we have an office or not. So that was actually an easy transition because there was no transition. Um, so that was nice. Um, so yeah, we kind of had to roll with the punches a little bit. Um, but we did end up hiring a couple of people during COVID, which was kind of crazy, but it worked out really well. It's encouraging. Um, yeah. And then I opened up, I actually moved to Oregon, um, last December and, um, started the Oregon office quote unquote, which is my house. <laughs> and <laughs> it's really great. Um, we just had a lot of uh, clients out in Oregon and we wanted to make sure that we were, you know, being conscious of, of their time and money and travel time, you know, obviously is expensive. So we, um, it's just nice to have somebody out here that can just go quickly to places. Um, so I was super happy to do that. If we do hire again, I'll probably end up hiring a, a consultant out here in Oregon to assist me with my stuff. Um, and then on top of that, we did just put out a press release announcing that we also um, started a psilocybin division. So um, Oregon did just pass measure 109. And so mm -hmm. we're going and helping that industry as well, which we're really excited about. Wow, there's a whole new can of regulations, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, nothing yet, but yes, it's yeah. going to be. Yes, that's a, that's a can of worms about to be opened, I'm sure. But wow, brave of you to be on the forefront of that of that um, as well. Uh, the psilocybin industry is certainly interesting. Um, so how about cannabis being declared an essential business during all this? I mean, that, you, you talk about hiring during COVID where, where many people were out of work or had to you know cut back. And to be able to hire two people, I think that just speaks to the fact that the cannabis industry, you know, at this time in history, we were declared an essential industry during a pandemic, except in the state of Massachusetts. I'm looking at you, Massachusetts, but yeah, um, <laughs> but wow, that's just mind blowing. Um, it is. And I think that it is a huge, it was a huge eye opener 
to people outside of the industry because mm-hmm. everyone in the industry thinks of it as essential, right? Like everybody who uses regularly and works in this industry, of course it's essential. Of, of course, course it is. But to people who don't use and did not realize how many people use, because <laughs> um, there are so many closet smokers or, you know, like edible, mm-hmm. you know, there are soccer moms and grandmas and mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that people realized how far stretching cannabis really is. And also the amount of jobs that cannabis gives. That was another thing is a lot of these cannabis companies got to step up their game and hire some of these people that had lost their jobs. Um, So places and states that had cannabis legalized actually did a whole lot better, um, you know, during all of this when it came to, you know, the economy and whatnot. So I feel like it was a huge, you know, a huge uh, deal and I love it. Uh, (laughs) And I'm Mm -hmm. so glad that that's the way it went. Um, I'm just like super stoked about our industry in general, but you know, that really shows, goes to show that, yeah, we're not going anywhere. This is not going to (laughs) disappear. You got it. All right, let's take our first commercial break and then we'll come back and chat more with Kim Stuck about COVID-19 and beyond. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, chatting with Kim Stuck from Allay Consulting. And we started to touch on the fact that cannabis was an essential business, or it still is, uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic with lockdowns, quarantines, everything in between. I think Colorado is code orange right now. I'm not quite sure. Um, there's, you know, we're, we're a few months into this for sure. It's, it's, you know, we're into 2021. So we've learned some lessons by now. Um, so in your realm, going through COVID-19, all its uncertainty for, gosh, almost a year now, navigating, pivoting, being quick on your feet. I think I read one of my friends said, one word I don't ever want to hear again is pivot. I'm done. Um, what kind of change, changes and adjustments and pivoting and challenges have you seen and experienced through all, throughout all this? And, you know, what are you doing? Well, um, you know, being a business owner in general is just a roller coaster ride. You know, you never know what's going to happen. It really sh- truly shows you that you have no control over what is happening. You think you're good and then COVID happens. Um, and it's, it was terrifying, a terrifying moment because my business has only been around for three years. Um, you know, we're still new. It's a new industry. You know, I just didn't know what was going to happen. And, and I think a lot of our clients didn't really know. So um, thankfully our clients need us pretty much all the time. Um, so we didn't, you know, lose a bunch of them or anything like that. They stuck with us and we stuck with them as much as we could. Um, but we did kind of transfer everything to did or to virtual. 
um, as you know, as I kind of touched on earlier. So now we're doing these virtual audits on FaceTime and Skype. And it is hilarious. Um, it's actually really fun. It's really easy because nobody has to be there. Um, and then we do have some consultants that actually feel pretty comfortable being on site. Um, not all of them. We actually have one consultant right now that's pregnant and we're super excited for her. So she is not allowed on site, right. <laughs> but, you know, but other people, you know, if they feel comfortable with it, I have been allowing it. Um, so, you know, that some things just didn't change. And then the cool thing about our company is almost everything that we do when we do documentation, when we're working with GMP certification and clients or ISO certification clients, um, or even just like OSHA, you know, regulation stuff, you know, writing all those documents, all of that can be done over email. So we can do all that virtually anyway. Um, and so we, we didn't have to, you know, move too much. We didn't have to pivot quite as much as I think other companies had to. Um, but we also had to kind of increase our sales structure. So that was kind of part of the hiring thing for us. I was like, listen, we're going to do this. These, you know, there are a lot of really great people that are out of jobs right now. I'm going to try to be better and try to hire some people. And maybe it'll actually help us gain more clients and, and stay in business. And so um, I did hire someone to help us with sales side of things, which we've never done before, but it was really a great, great idea. It worked out for us really well. And then we hired that other consultant. So um, you know, that, that was me doing it. I don't know if we're going to be hiring, uh, really soon at, at all. This might be it for a while. So, um, but we're excited about it. We're glad we're making it through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, here's another phrase that we, we heard in 2020 reopen the gates, right? <laughs> I don't really think that ever happened, but let's, uh, for the sake of conversation, look into a world post COVID, uh, where there's somewhat less of a global emergency, and maybe look to the future, maybe pick up where we left off, if you will, before the world got thrown into complete uncertainty and really put to a halt in a lot of ways. Uh, where are we going when we reopen the gates? So I think the sky is the limit. I am so optimistic about our industry um, that I think with the five new states that just passed, <laughs> I think with the obvious that we're going to stick around because we were essential. Um, and, you know, everybody right now is holding tight onto their money because they just don't know what's going to happen. I believe that when things start to get going again, the investment options will increase so much for the for the cannabis industry because this this pandemic really proved that that this industry is a good place to put your money. Um, it's a good place to put your money. It's a good place to be involved in. Um, and if you're not, you're kind of left behind. So I really think that a lot, at least my investors that work with us, um, not our investors directly, but we do a lot of um, due diligence audits and things like that for investors. And um, a lot of them are, are telling us, okay, we're going to, we're going to really launch. We're going to go hard in, in like Q3 of 2021. And so I'm really excited to see what happens because there's so many people out there that have great business ideas and great business plans, and they just need that capital. Um, and I think that a lot more capital is going to become available and I, I can't wait to see it. I'm really excited. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think that kind of underscores the importance of these great companies with potential to, to do do the hard work right now to dot their I's and cross their T's. And since we're getting into the alphabet soup here, the education and compliance portion of cannabis is really getting impressive. The developing of best practices, standards, GMPs, SOPs, 
CPs, KPIs, all the acronyms, all the alphabet soup. It's getting serious <laughs> business here in cannabis. And I really want to shout out quickly to NCIA's committees, our manufacturing committees, cultivation committees, uh, risk management. They are all talking about these things. So shout out to them for doing this next level work. Let's let's talk more about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for a long time, like GMP certification wasn't even available to this industry. Um, and in fact, a lot of people that I talk to now are like, wait, we can't get that. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you can, let's do it. You know, <laughs> like, let's go for it. Um, and I think it's, it's amazing. It's a huge normalization of the industry to have these kinds of things be allowed. Um, our company, obviously, you know, we work with both hemp and C or and THC cannabis companies. Um, and so we also, you know, we can do the GMP certification in cultivations too, which is really exciting. Um, cultivations, manufacturing, extraction labs. Um, and then we also can help with organic on the hemp side. We also do the ISO 9001 and the ISO 22000. And the ISO 22000 is where I really want people to go. I think that GMP is just the first step of compliance. Um, ISO 22000 is actually going to be required in Canada for all of their cult or their um, cannabis companies up there. I mean, hmm. that's the standard that you need. Um, yeah, they're discussing it today or not today, but soon um, about that type of requirement. And it sets them up to be able to sell internationally. It was actually, it's very smart of the Canadian government to be thinking about that. So, um, you know, I'm trying to set up my clients the same way because I'm always thinking about the future. What's gonna happen when federal legalization happens? Can you, will you be okay when FDA and OSHA start knocking on your door? Well, if you have these certifications, 90% of the time, the answer is yes. Um, and those, those kinds of things, you know, it's just preventative action, you know, and making sure that you're making the safest product possible um, and having a safe work environment for your employees as well. So it's pretty great. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's great to see Canada is thinking about that. I agree. It's, um, it's important. It's great to know what's coming. And here in the United States, it's not yet federally legal, although we're all very optimistic. That means the FDA is the elephant in the room for our industry, right? So yeah. <laughs> thankfully we're doing all this thinking in advance ourselves. We've, we've got the alphabet soup and all that. So, but each individual state has its own specifics right now. There's not some umbrella federal oversight right now. So we're, we're all still on this, you know, individual state by state thing, right? Yeah. So even... So yeah, it's it's really up to the states and counties. So for a long time, even in Colorado, no state health department and no county health department was even getting involved. So there was a huge length of time that edibles had never seen a health inspector or a set of regulations at all. Um, and that is happening across the United States. That is not just Colorado. There are lots and lots of places in the United States that are not thinking about health and safety when it comes to cannabis. And it's a major, major problem. Um, in fact, it's causing a lot of black eyes on the industry that wouldn't have happened if our government would have just stepped up and done their job. Um, not to call them out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, like, valid. Um, so, you know, we really work, we, you know, I've been working in FDA regulations, specifically 111 and 117 my entire career. So that's what we hold our clients to. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just, it's food safety standards. It's, you know, general production standards that make sense. Um, and we just apply those regulations to the industry until the FDA starts coming out with something. Um, and right now, you know, the FDA is writing uh, the CBD 
oil, um, the hemp side of their regulations. And mm -hmm. um, from what I have conversed with the FDA, um, what I've learned from them is that this is kind of a trial run for THC cannabis. Okay. So when they develop those regulations and standards, they are probably not going to reinvent the wheel and write another one for THC cannabis oil production because food safety is food safety. Mm -hmm. CBD oil and THC oil, when it comes to health and safety are exactly the same, except for, you know, they'll have to have dosing and right. like child, child proof packaging, you know, things like that, yeah. but not everything when it comes to handling and all of that, it'll all be the same, which is a really good thing because then we can have a set of standards that I can tell my clients, this is what we're going to be to so that when it happens, uh, they don't have to freak out. You know, they'll at least have guidelines, some guidelines on what they have to do in their facility. So I'm yeah. excited to see those. Um, but yeah, the FDA is the big, the big hitter in the room and uh, people don't even know, you know, they don't understand that it's, it's going to be ugly when that starts, if they're not ready for it. Completely get that. And quickly, before we take a commercial break, we got to talk about this childproof packaging because sometimes it's Beth it's Bethany proof too. I can't open these things sometimes. All right, we're going to take our last commercial break and be right back to finish our chat with Kim Stuck from LA Consulting. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany. I've been talking with Kim Stuck from Allay Consulting. And the National Cannabis Industry Association, where I work, I believe it's my seven-year anniversary right now. The organization's been around for over 10 years now. During the year 2020, that was our 10-year anniversary. And you know when the year started, we were hoping to plan some kind of big 10-year gala fundraiser celebration of our efforts. It totally didn't happen. In fact, we didn't get to do our annual lobby days in Washington, D.C. We did not get to go to San Francisco for our seventh annual Cannabis Business Summit. We did host a cyber conference in, in the, the fall winter. Um, it was a cyber summit, and it was incredibly successful considering all things. Andrew Yang spoke, Carlos Santana spoke. So we got through 2020, but we are looking to the future. In August of 2021, we're really crossing our fingers. Of course, so much is up in the air to be able to gather again um, in, in August for our Cannabis Business Summit and Expo in San Francisco. 
In the meantime, we have tons of digital content like this podcast and like my coworker Tahir Johnson's podcast, The Cannabis Diversity Report. Um, if you want to learn more about NCIA's diversity, equity, and inclusion program, there's a lot going on. There's two webinars happening in February. We have a sponsorship program, which both Greenbridge Corporate Council and Forefront Ventures have become generous sponsors of. Um, so there's a lot to get involved in at NCIA. And you, Kim, your company has joined NCIA and you're getting involved. I'm sure you miss trade shows and just like the energy of the expo floor and the panelists and, and all that stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was speaking at about three conferences, a, you know, a month for a while there. I was yeah. traveling constantly. <laughs> I had to cancel six shows, um, yeah. you know, when it all happened. And, and that's just the way, you know, that's the way it is. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to get back to it. Totally. Well, do you have any predictions for our industry with this new administration, the Biden-Harris administration? We're, we're seeing who he's appointing here to various cabinet positions. And, you know, we're looking at who's in, who's in Congress, who's in the House, who's in the Senate, what's going on there. How are you feeling about, about the next couple years here with this new administration? Uh, I am cautiously optimistic. Fair, fair. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Um, but with the way that the House and Senate is now aligned um, and Kamala Harris, I mean, I teared up during her VP like thing where she talked about mm -hmm. how decriminalization, I mean, she said it in front of the whole nation. And to me, that was like a huge win for our industry. Um, just because we're talking about it now. We're talking about, you know, descheduling and, you know, decriminalizing and letting people out who are incarcerated, who should not be incarcerated. Um, and, you know, dealing with all of the ridiculousness of the war on drugs and how it targeted, you know, minority groups and things like that. We're talking about it now. And that, and obviously me and you have been talking about it for a long time, but now it's on a, a, a more, you know, uh, national stage. Um, and I think that that is just really great. Um, and I think it's going to benefit us like all the way. Totally. And, and what's really encouraging for me also, I was mentioning our diversity, equity and inclusion program to see at the state level, uh, these regulators writing in um, set asides and requirements for social equity licenses is yeah one of the perfect, I don't know if perfect's the right word, but it's an excellent way to directly address that, um, that issue of, of um, minority communities, people of color being um, inadversely affected by the war on drugs. So creating a path for them to benefit by this legal industry now is, is poetic justice in a lot of ways, I think. Um, and another plug for my coworker to hear Johnson's weekly podcast, The Cannabis Diversity Report. Um, he actually does a video live stream of it on Facebook every Wednesday morning, I believe. Um, so you can see who's on the show. And then if you don't catch it live, you can always listen to the audio recording. Uh, so we are about to run out of time here, but Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. There's there's a lot going on. There's a lot to do. Um, and I look forward to all of it and, and really look forward to hopefully being back 
at a conference. I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't wait to be back in a convention center. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Yep. (laughs) Where can people find out more about you and your company? So you can always go to our website at www.allayconsulting.com. Perfect. Well, thank you, Kim, for being on the show. And thanks, everybody else, for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.